Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Coffee Clash. Good evening and Good evening. Welcome to the Coffee Clutch. This is Marianne Russo. I want to say hello and acknowledge my co-hosts, Chuck Wally and Mae Wilkinson. They'll be joining us on Tweet Chat and hopefully we'll call in for the interview. Tonight we have something really interesting, something that I think a lot of parents have heard about, but they really don't understand it so they don't consider it for their children. Tonight we have Susan Richardson, who is a Reiki master, an autism advocate, and she really is an advocate for natural parenting, natural mothering, children with special needs. She's the author of Mother Consciousness, founder of Exceptional Beyond Labels. She is the mother of two daughters, and uh, she's here tonight, and I think she's really going to um, surprise you with a lot of things we're going to be discussing. So, Susan, thank you for joining us. Hi, Marianne. Thanks. First of all, tell us how you got involved in all of this. Did you originally try um, traditional medications and therapies for your child, or did you try a holistic approach from the beginning? Um, pretty much from the beginning that we did. I was... Um, we were involved in holistic health probably, well, for about five years prior to even becoming a mother. And then ten years later, um, we realized that our youngest daughter had the autism, and then we started to integrate it into um, what we were doing with her. And what, I mean, I, I would imagine that, you know, as you said, you know, you, you don't just become familiar with Reiki and be able to practice it. So why don't you first tell us what Reiki is, because you are a Reiki master, and I am going to tell the audience a story in a little while about um, <laughs> our experience, you and I, together right. with that. So tell people what Reiki is, because honestly, I don't even know what it is. Well, um, Reiki, the, Reiki is a um, Japanese healing art, and simply, uh, if you acknowledge that everything, including the human body, is made up of energy, um, we, um, when the energy becomes disrupted or imbalanced, we start to manifest physical, emotional, and psychological issues. So as a Reiki master or Reiki practitioner, what we do is we're trained to detect that energy disruption and when it's overactive, underactive, or even stuck, what we're doing is we're not manipulating that energy, but rather we are directing energy to that space so that the body can innately heal or make adjustments itself. So when a person's energy is balanced, they express well-being. So pretty much what we're doing is we're just detecting if there's any disruption in the energy patterns. And, you know, shifting energy isn't something new, as you said. I mean, this is right. a, a very old practice. But, um, you know, from when I was trying to read about um, a Reiki, and, you know, there are some mm-hmm. things I don't get, Reiki uh, Reiki and uh, chakras, I don't know, they're just beyond me. I just can't comprehend them. But, um, you know, the, it, from what I read, it really many people believe that it is on a cellular level that this works. And, you know, shifting energy is not something um, reserved for what you're doing. Um, you know, Dr. Dimitri Papalos, I mean, has found the fear of harm phenotype with children with bipolar and basically cooling down the body and shifting the heat energy in the body is what he's finding 
um, to help children. And with my oldest daughter, uh, where nothing worked, medications, treatments, nothing was helping her, um, we found acupuncture to work. And the premise of the acupuncture, what I was told, was that she was shifting the heat, shifting the energy in her body. So, um, you know, this this isn't something new, and it's something that's been working for a lot of people for a long time. So how is this done? <laughs> well, you can do it in person where you're actually um, – there's a whole process that I go through um, that I kind of developed on my own, but basically I'm tapping into the person and laying hands on them. Um, I always set an intention of whatever the person wants addressed, but I also know that sometimes what someone's wanting <laughs> and what the body wants sometimes conflict. It's something other issue might be needing to be addressed sooner. Um, but you can also do it with a distance. You know, I don't have to be present with the person to be able to have energy flow to them. Um, I can sit in another room for my daughter and send Reiki to her across the room so I don't have to actually physically touch her when she's having some sensory issues, um, not wanting me to touch her. So I can sit back and let it flow that way. Now, does this have to flow? Is it energy that flows from you? I mean, how were you trained in this? Because, you know, a mom can't just sit there and wish this right. upon their child. So how how were you taught and, you know, what how, how what did you learn? I mean, how do you have to have an ability or is this something any parent can learn? I Well, first, to answer the first question, um, there's three different levels of Reiki. Um, one is just teaching you um, how to tap into it and how to use it on yourself. And then the second level will teach you how to integrate some symbols, which to me just really help me focus. Um, if I'm working on an emotional issue, I'm going to use the um, emotional symbol. Um, and really it's just helping me guide my thoughts about where we need to be at. But um, And then the third level is when someone becomes a Reiki master. Um, how long it takes really depends on who you're being taught from. But I think that we are all born with the ability to facilitate Reiki, and through life experiences, we just lose it. We know we've never been introduced to it before, so we just don't know how to use it. Um, so I think that once we get the formal training, we're just reawakening something that we probably innately already know how to use. If you think about um, a mother's touch, how healing that is, you know, when your kid falls and gets a boo-boo, and mommy touches the kid, and the kid feels better instantaneously, you know, is there something shifting with the energy? Are you automatically doing Reiki without even knowing that you're doing Reiki? I think you are, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> um, right, and I think right, and I think there's a lot to be said about, um, you know, that the people do uh, they lose touch with that. Right. I don't even know what I would call it. You know, you say it's innate, and I think it is. You know, I think some people more than others. But um, you know, I think everybody has an ability, and it's just being okay. able to calm enough to find it. Um, but you know, getting back to using Reiki for autism, I mean, the fact that you can do it without physically having to touch the child, mm -hmm. I would assume, is a benefit. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, there's been times where, well, in the very beginning, my daughter wouldn't even let me um, touch her, and now that she's used to me doing the Reiki, she'll actually look at me and say, turn off the ma Reiki magic, Mommy. <laughs> so she's a, she can sense the energy flowing to her, and she's aware when I'm doing it. So when she doesn't want it, she's very crystal clear and letting me know that. And then there's other times she's more open to it. So, right. Um, 
I can also send it to her when she's at school or not physically, you know, in my um, physical space. So if the teacher emails me or calls me and tells me that she's having a rough day, I can just stop what I'm doing and, you know, for five minutes connect to her and send her the Reiki from home. Is this draining for you in any way? Um, like this, do you have to, you know, take from yourself? Does it, um, you know, drain you or tire no. you to do this? No, I don't think it does. Um, I think after you become more attuned and you practice it, you learn to – it's not energy that I'm sending for myself. It's energy's coming through me. It's not my energy. Um, so if I can stay grounded and make sure that I'm open, open to that energy flowing through me, um, I can stay pretty um, protected from that. So for those listening – that are saying, yeah, okay. <laughs> Let me tell you a little story. <clears throat> My youngest child had a head injury about two years ago, mm-hmm. and she developed severe, and I mean excruciating, ear pain, head pain, constant noise in her ear. And um, it, it's it's been debilitating to her. And I spoke to Susan about this one morning, and she said, well, my not too long ago, or was it Susan, a few months ago, when my daughter was just in excruciating pain. And uh, she said, would would it be okay with you if I sent your daughter some Reiki healing? And I'm like, please. Okay, now meanwhile, my daughter's already at school. So I pick up my daughter, and she says to me, Mom, the strangest thing happened. Around fifth period, about 1 o'clock, all of a sudden I was very calm, and the pain went away. So now I'm saying, no. <laughs> so I call Susan, Susan, what time did you do the Reiki? She looks down <laughs> on her calendar and goes, about 1 o'clock. So I, I am by the way. telling you. <laughs> and, and, you know, the funny thing was that, you know, Susan had told me that, you know, even though you told me to focus on her ear and the pain, mm-hmm. when you were, whatever you were doing, scanning her or you had this almost, right. to, you know, telepathic type thing, you right. said, I'm feeling anxiety in the chest. And it's funny because, you know, really secondary is a severe anxiety problem. So, you know, how did you do that? <laughs> because it, it it's never happened before and it's never happened since. It wasn't a cure. It helped her, I'd say, for probably a week or two. She was in much less pain and it did come back eventually. But um, right. how did you do that? <laughs> um Knowing um, where she was, you know, what her name was, I was able to tap into her. And I I can't explain it, Marianne, other than what you said, uh, scanning her. Those are the exact words that I use. I just scan the person's energy, and I get an image or a word or a thought that pops in my head, and I just kind of note, well, okay, well, that's coming up, you know, anxiety in the chest. Why, why does my hand want to keep on going to her chest area? And, okay, well, I don't know why, but I'm going to send energy there. And um, it, it, I think it's like going into a meditative state almost where, right? Um, and I know this sounds airy-fairy, but disconnecting from your own ego and not worrying about, and I think that's why I'm so good at the distance because I'm not worried about Marianne looking at me thinking, what is she doing? You know, I'm in a room by myself meditating and just totally focused on, the child at that moment, and I can connect to them. So, well, mm-hmm. it, it there, there is absolutely no other explanation for it 
And, you know, when I told her, she was just floored. She's like, well, she can't she do it every day? I said, no, but, you know, we'll see what we can do for you, though. But, you know, it's it's truly amazing. Yeah. You know, I told you that my older daughter, we tried everything, nothing worked, and we did the acupuncture, and it changed her entire life, and it was shifting energy. So it's very similar. Um, now, with your daughter, mm-hmm. um, can you tell us a little bit about um, – you know, different symptoms that she had of autism and what you saw improvement in and how soon you saw it. Yeah, um, Sahara was born, um, well, when she was five months old, we noticed that she wouldn't respond to um, noise. And when I would nurse her, she wouldn't gaze up into my eyes like my older daughter had. And it was just kind of a red flag, and we were like, hmm, something's wrong. But nobody could answer um, what it was. And it actually took us until she was four to get a formal diagnosis of autism. And, you know, we were in denial, like most people, um, angry. You know, we had all those emotions. But um, having had a background in psychology and my undergrads in art therapy, my master's degrees in rehab counseling, focusing on disabilities. And my husband's like, well, with all that coupled with the holistic health, he goes, we sure as heck can probably help her. (laughs) I'm like, okay, I'm staying home. We're going to get this kid well. Um, Well, I shouldn't say that. We were going to address her symptoms so she didn't have the challenges that she has. Um, I know that she'll always see life through different colored glasses. I don't think we can cure um, autism, but I definitely ease some of the symptoms that she had which was, by the time she was diagnosed, she was um, catatonic. And by that I mean she um, was in her own world. She wouldn't respond to any noises. Um, You could put your hand in front of her face and she wouldn't flinch. Um, She was nonverbal. Until she was, I want to say five, she started talking. And we started doing the Reiki at four and a half. And the first week we started doing it, I'm like, honey, do you notice any differences? And he's like, yeah, I thought it was just me or wishful thinking. I'm like, okay. You know, so we're documenting, you know, her, she's starting to talk a little bit. You know, her eye contact got better. Um, she was a little bit more warm and fuzzy. And um, the sensory stuff stayed pretty prominent um, throughout. And um, i trying to think what else. Uh, I think the well, major those are very significant this, improvements. It really was, and I think I told you earlier, I have a photo of her um, prior, taken prior to the um, start in the Reiki. And when my husband and I decided that that was a modality that we wanted to start actively pursuing, and I couldn't find anything on the Internet about it, and specifically with autism, and nobody was addressing autism the way that I wanted to. So I'm like, okay, well, i got to start from scratch, you know, square one. And we started taking notes. You know, this worked, this didn't work, you know, and I'm just, like, jotting everything down. And um, four months later, we have another photo of her, and she looks like – she it looks like maybe she, it could be her twin, but totally different. Like, it one, she's totally disconnected, and her eyes are just empty, and the other one, she's actually engaged in the um, – with the camera, and you're going. There's so we're going to post those, so that the listeners and can I am going to post those. Yes, yeah, yeah, because oh, you know it is yeah. significant. You know what yeah. other disorders could be helped with um, with Reiki? Um, we have used it in our home. Um, 
for everything from the autism, you know, the sensory issues, the um, meltdowns, um, anxiety, um, kidney stones. You know, I have a couple clients that have Crohn's disease and um, just emotional um, issues going on. But I personally think that it can probably be used for anything. I mean, if there's a disruption in the energy pattern, it just only makes sense that energy balancing could at least help, right? And with anxiety being such a big part of autism, you know, I, I, uh, one of the interviews I did with Temple was, you know, she was talking about fear and autism, that fear right. really is one of the biggest contributing factors. Mm-hmm. Um you know, so and I would imagine sensory processing disorder um, right. also is something because you know the sensory issues are just so huge with these kids. Absolutely, and I know that with um, like the anxiety, my older daughter just went to camp um, a couple of weeks ago. I don't know who was more nervous, her or I, <laughs> but right. she was just anxiety. I mean, she had never been away from home. Um, she had a panic attack on the way to the school. You know, I pulled the teacher aside and I was, you know, giving him all the information that I needed to, you know, get her through those three days. But the cool thing was I was able to go home and stay connected to her throughout those three days, even without physically um, contacting her. You know, there was no emails or phone calls in or out, but I was able to send the Reiki constantly, and she did fantastic. I mean, it was – she came home with different kids, so – I believe really. So now, say a parent is interested in trying this for their, their child, whether mm-hmm. they want to augment the treatments that they're using or whether what they're doing isn't working. Um, how do you recommend that they find somebody that's qualified to do this? And then at the end, you're going to give all of your information. But um, is am. there an association or something they can go to? There, um, I think if you just Google, like, Reiki, and, you know, I live in Dublin, Ohio, Reiki Dublin, Ohio, and, you know, you will get different centers or different people who um, do Reiki, and I guess my best advice would be to use your own intuition about whether or not you feel like that person is legit or, you know, mm-hmm. on it. Um, I do do um, some distance training. I'm trying to work... Um, on that a little bit more, but I'd be open to talking to anybody or coaching or even seeing if I can help you guys find somebody in your local area who does it. Okay. Um, um, other than the Reiki, you also use essential oils. I do. And I wanted to move on to that a little bit because all essential oils are not the same. Okay. And um, <clears throat> I think people don't know how to use them and they don't realize that, you know, different oils work for different things. Like the daughter I was telling you about with the Ear pain has been on so much pain medication that she developed an ulcer, mm-hmm. and she was in, you know, her stomach was just, you know, she was constantly doubled over. And um, I had went to see a naturopath, and they told me to to put uh, tangerine oil on her stomach. It works better than any stomach medicine anybody ever <laughs> gave her, and I was like shocked. So, what right. are essential oils, and how do they promote healing? Well, the essential oils come from, they they call it the lifeblood of the plant. So um, I sell, or I am an independent distributor for Young Living, which I didn't have any intention on doing the business until we started using them almost a year ago. I guess it was October that we started using them, and we saw instantaneous um, results with them. Um, we thought that Reiki was doing really good. We were at status quo, and we started introducing these essential oils, and all of a sudden she, like, 
expanded beyond, like leaps and bounds. Um, so what I tell people is, you know, you need to make sure that the source of essential oils that you're using is, you know, pure. I know that Young Living uses, um, well, they grow theirs on farms that haven't been um, any toxins or synthetics on their land. They steam distill their oils. So I know that all the chemical constituents that are the therapeutic properties in the oil are still intact. So um, that's something that you need to consider when you're looking at the oils. And, you know, what's important, because we are talking about something, and, um, you know, if you do use oils, you know, if you go to your health food store and you buy the little jar, uh, the little brown bottle of oil, a blue bottle of oil, that has to be put in another oil to transfer it to the body. You do not put an oil directly on the body. Um, Right. So I just want to make sure people know that before we go any further with the oils. Um, What type of oils, just give us a few, um, you know, like, you know, I know like the peppermint or whatever, but just give us a few and and the way it works. I also want to talk to you now because... Since you're talking about shifting energy in right in uh-huh. uh, Reiki, is there any energy shift? I mean, what is it about the essential oils that work? It's not like homeopathy, right? Which I mean, right, I personally right. am not a fan of, but I know that some people, right. you know, love it. Right, right. Um, I know that at least I can only speak for Young Living's. Um, I know that each of the oils, you can find out what the energy frequency is. So everything has energy, um, mm-hmm. and I can match, like, if I want to work with something in the brain, I can go and find an oil that has a similar frequency to that of the brain. So I'm not overstimulating or understimulating it. I'm matching that frequency. Um, and I have a really good reference book that gives me all that information. Um, we have mm-hmm. used – yeah, it is really interesting um, – when I first learned about the oils, I was told that um, there was this oil called Brain Power Young Living. It's a specific blend that they have, and they were talking about how it was supposed to clean off the receptor sites and oxygenate the shafts and the neurons and stuff, and it all went over my head, and I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, I'll entertain it. I'll, you know, the whole energy of them makes sense. Um, I know that I was addressing you know, the kidney stones really well with them. They were managing my pain. And I went ahead and I ordered the brain power and I started putting one drop on either the base of her spine or on some of the flex points that go to the brain. And within five days of using that one oil, I had a speech therapist, an OT, um, a grandparent, and a teacher all ask me what we had done different over the weekend because Sahara was a completely different child come Monday. And I'm like, are you sure she's different than last week? And they're like, oh, yeah, what are you doing? I'm like, okay, well, this is the only thing we changed. We added essential oils what to her regimen. What changes did you see? What ch- changes did they see? Um, it was she was talking more. Her eye contact was better. It was really was the verbal. And for lack of better um, words, it was cognitively, like, she was just more present. And she was able to, like, follow the conversations more than – um, before she would only give you like a one-word answer, and all of a sudden she's stringing, you know, three, four, five words together. Whereas prior to using them, she wasn't. So that kind of sold us on it. <laughs> now, what? Yeah, I would imagine. Um, what? What do you find? Because one of the biggest problems parents have are those meltdowns. Mm-hmm. The meltdowns right. with 
you know, the rages, the Absolutely. outbursts, the going from, you know, zero to a hundred with no breaks. Um, you know, it's it's really like a low frustration <clears throat> tolerance these kids have. So do right. you find any oils that help with that? Well, it's funny that you bring that up because that is the one thing that we have been trying to address forever. And, you know, Sahara has erratic sleep patterns, at least she did, and, you know, we just couldn't find the right combination for her. And suddenly, and I don't even know why we ordered it, um, someone had recommended vetiver, and we put vetiver on her feet, and 25 minutes later she was sleeping. And I'm like, hmm, is that a coincidence? Get out of here. Oh, <laughs> no, I swear to God. And because, so you know, we're even using- the kids, a lot of... A lot of kids with depression and anxiety, and, you know, there are those kids with depression that sleep all the time, but kids that are right. on um, antidepressants also, also yeah. often get insomnia. So what was this, well, vetiver? Okay. Vet- vetiver. Um, Sahara was one of those kids who would stay up till 5 o'clock in the morning reciting cartoons, and if you interrupted her cartoon, she yeah. had to start over from the beginning, <laughs> you know. No, I was I completely yeah. sleep-deprived. It was stimming, you know, and it was just yeah. nonstop. And um, vetiver, and well, we were using peppermint, which is actually a stimulant, and some of the calming oils weren't working. And we decided, well, let's use it, let's address it from a different angle. That's maybe her, maybe she switched in her energy. So we went with the stimulant, and that started working. And then we found the vetiver and meltdowns. No, <laughs> it works immediately. Um, I'd say within 10, 15 really? minutes, she's calm. I'm blown away. Like, this is a new discovery of ours. And we're so just the vetiver like, works for the meltdowns, not just for sleeping. Right. We, at least for us. I think everybody's chemical um, right. makeup is different. So, you know, you just have to find out what works for you. And, you know, it's taken us almost a year to find out that vetiver is our golden oil. <laughs> right. Um, and, you know, I think that's what's deceiving because if you go online and you research these oils, which I mm-hmm. have in the past, um, right. You know, and, and I often say to myself, how can one thing do the same thing for everyone? Okay, you know, then you could say, okay, well, if you take aspirin, it will get rid of everyone's headache. But, right. you know, it just seems, you know, so vast. Um, you know, so, you know, what would you say to a parent that's looking to get into the oils? And they go to their health food store and they see the list and it says, you know, tangerine is for energy and mood. And, you know, how, how does a parent really find out like this? I mean, I've never, I don't even know what oh. vetiver is. Well, the first thing I would say is do your research and find out where that source of oil is coming from. So even if it's at a health food store, it doesn't mean that it's a good quality oil. I mean, you want to make sure that you're getting um, something that's pure. Um, uh, Me? (laughs) You can always email me. Um, There are some really good reference books out there. that are available. I know Essential Oils 101 by Carrie um, Donegan. Um, she just released that, and I got it last week, and it is really good. It lists 50 different um, ailments or conditions and what has worked for them and their customers and just some testimonies, and it's just a really nice, concise book that um, can coach you on what oils to use for what. Okay. And, you know, a lot of people have used oils for a long time for, you know, non-behavioral issues um, mm-hmm. that have worked quite well. Kids with colds, fevers, croup. Right. So, you know, there's there's something to it. Absolutely. We've used it for everything from what you just said to warts, ringworm, poison ivy, 
Um, and the anxiety, the anxiety is a big one for us. Um, a cut, I put a drop of lavender on my cut the other day. I cut myself on a, um, I was sewing, <laughs> it was bleeding, and I'm like, hmm, let me try it. And I put one drop of lavender on it, and the blood just stopped instantaneous, and I just could not believe it. I was like, seriously? You know, so, yeah. Yeah, you know, I think parents really have to, you know, start thinking about, um, you know, trying things that are are not the traditional ways. And you know what? They probably these yeah. really are the traditional ways. They've been around for thousands of years. Yeah. Um, they just well, and, somehow got lost. Right, right. And we don't ignore traditional therapies. You know, our daughter's in OT and speech. You know, she gets you know all that. And I just think that the Reiki and the essential oils complement the other modalities. You and know, the beautiful right. thing about the beautiful thing about um, the the uh, Reiki and the oils is that they can be done along with medications, right? And other things right. that children are doing. It's not like other herbs or homeopathy where there really could right. be interactions. So you know, right. that's and I would nice ad- too because you don't have to take things away. Right, and I would advise you to let your doctor know that that's the approach that you're taking because. If you're starting to get physical changes, the dose may need to be altered if you're on meds. You know, if mm-hmm. things are, I, I, yeah. I want to so say healing and where, not healing. <laughs> uh, no, well, I know, I know. Um, whatever you want to call it. I mean, listen, we're not going to cure I, these disorders. I mean, basically, the, I know. the best thing that we can hope for is that, um, you know, we foster and improve the, the positives and the gifts. And we diminish some of the negative symptoms that these kids have. So, where can people find you? Um, I am on Twitter as Alterna Mom, and I'm also on Facebook as Alterna Mom. Um, it's Alterna Hyphen Mom. Um, I have a my Young Living um, the essential oils website is youngliving.org backslash Alterna Hyphen Mom. And then I am actually working on the Alterna Mom website, but it's still under um, construction, but I will post it once it's done. Um, But, yeah, Twitter and Facebook are the best places to um, contact me. Definitely. Well, there is no better resource. I mean, Susan, you've known you for a while. You're just so approachable. And, you know, it's not only did I trust you when you were telling me this and you've been on before, but, I mean... I've seen it with my own eyes. So, you know, I really would encourage parents to look into this. You, there's really nothing to lose. Um, is there I mean, is there any way that any of these approaches can worsen the situation? I mean, I, the reason I don't like homeopathy is because we tried it once and it made my daughter much, much worse for, for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so is there any, it, can this be harmful in any way? I don't think so. Um, you know, there there's certain oils I would avoid if your child has epilepsy. And again, you know, I have a list of those oils, and I'd be happy to share that list with you. Um, but you know, like with the Reiki and stuff, I always tell people it you, it can't hurt. You know, if we're dealing with energy, you know, it's not gonna um, harm you. So right. Well, nice. I really encourage yeah. people to consider it. Um, and again, it's the mother consciousness. And she's the founder yeah. of Exceptional Beyond Labels. You can find that online. <coughs> Excuse me. And Alterna Mom on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Thank you very much for joining us, Susan. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Marianne. Okay. Have a great night, everyone.